Clancy Potts to present The Game of Life, written by A.S. Lowe and narrated by Clancy. The first thing I remembered was a bad taste in my mouth, something akin to morning breath multiplied by a night of binge drinking. Just what in the hell did we do last night, I said sleepily as I turned over to try and cuddle with Ryan. When I reached my arm out to try and wrap it around his chest, it only succeeded at moving through thin air and lightly hitting the side of the bed as the force of gravity brought it down. Fuck, I yelled as my hand hit hard metal. That's when I opened my eyes and saw that I wasn't in my bed. What in the hell's going on? The voice came from somewhere in the room. A rapid head turn led to the quick realization that not only was I not in my bed, but I wasn't in my apartment either. The bed I was laying in was some twin-sized gunmetal gray monstrosity that looked like it came straight out of a Soviet Union-era gulag. The rest of the room wasn't much better, as the walls also appeared to be solid gray concrete. The lights illuminating the room looked like they were built into the ceiling and penetrated my eyeballs, accentuating the headache that I was continuing to think wasn't from a night of blackout-level drinking. The voice had come from the rightmost of a bank of TVs lined up on the concrete wall opposite of the bed. Mark, what the fuck are you doing here? The voice said from the TV again. I squinted in order to clear the fuzziness from my vision, and the image cleared enough to see the face of John Masterson looking directly at me from the screen. John? What the fuck is going on? I have no clue, he said. He was standing in a room pretty similar to mine. Blank concrete walls and a metal door surrounded a bed that looked exactly like the metal thing I was currently laying on. Do you have a blinding headache too? What does that have to do with anything? I rubbed my eyes in an attempt to clear my vision a bit more. I imagine when the rest of them wake up, they'll probably have them too. Before I could ask who he was talking about, I heard a rough sigh from the screen to the left of the one John was on. That one showed a feed of another identical room, and the figure in this screen was laying in the bed tossing and turning in an obviously frustrated manner. I looked over at the other two screens to see two forms lying motionless in their own versions of the identical bed. With more wits about me now than whatever I had taken was wearing off, I looked to my left and checked the door built into the concrete wall. No handle was visible, but I could see the faint reflection of the large bolt that I assumed was a lock only able to be controlled from the outside. A quick jump out of the bed and an examination of the door confirmed that, yes, the door was in fact bolted shut and unable to be budged from its place. No luck for you either? John asked. He was in a sitting position on his own bed, looking around his room. No, I said, as I pulled my hands away from my last attempt to open the door. Forgive me if I sound repetitive, but... What the fuck is going on, John? No clue. Though I'm pretty sure we were drugged. You used to taking tranquilizers there, John? I said jokingly. John didn't respond to my joke. 
It had been a couple of years since I'd spoken to him, so I put it down to not being around me for a while and the now ever-increasing possibility that we were trapped wherever the fuck we were. Ugh. The sound came from the TV to the left of John's. The figure stood up and rubbed his temples with his fingers. What the fuck, man? No fucking way. John was looking to his left, where I assumed he had another TV just like mine, showing him the live feed of the other rooms. I looked at the figure that stood up in the bed. Liam? Liam Farnsworth looked up directly at me through the TV screen. Mark? What the hell are you doing in my place? Open your eyes, you fucking stoner. You aren't home. John said from his cell. Dude, calm down. We're all in the same predicament here. Liam rubbed his eyes on the screen and opened them. He looked around blearily. I don't remember taking anything after work last night. You didn't, I said. I'm not home? Then where the hell are we? Not sure, John said. No windows on the doors or walls. Only thing even close to a view are the goddamn screens showing you guys. I took another look at the small cell that held me. The only thing else besides the screens in bed was a metal box. It almost looked like a mini-fridge. Liam, can you think of any reason you would be taken here? John? Liam looked just to the right of his screen. Why would anyone want to kidnap me? John looked at me through the screen. Mark? I can't think of anything, I said. Is there a mini-fridge in your guys' cell? They both looked directly under their screens. The look on both of their faces showed that they in fact had one out of view of the camera. Where the fuck am I? A loud voice pierced through the TV to the leftmost. Who did this? Of course. It made a little bit more sense now, as I saw the last form finally lift from the only TV screen that hadn't shown any movement. Benjamin Freeman. Of course, if the three of us were here, Benjamin Freeman was here. Calm down, Ben, John said. John? Where the fuck are we? Ben was out of bed and slamming his fists against the metal door in his cell. Could you quiet down, Ben? I got a massive headache. Liam said from his screen, holding his head in his hands. We all do, Liam. Ben, we were drugged and brought here for some reason. Since they installed cameras for us to see each other, I would assume they can probably see and hear us, John said. You would assume correct, John. A voice blared from the ceiling. I apologize for the headaches. Unfortunate side effect of what we drugged you with. Ben said loudly to the voice coming from the ceiling of his cell. And just why the fuck did you bring us here? You'll find that out in a minute. Now, if you'll bring your attention to the mini-fridge. 
As the voice finished its sentence, the metal box sitting under the three TV screens opened of its own accord. Inside was a red plastic cup with Drink Me written in Sharpie on the side. Just go ahead and drink that, please. It should help the headache. And we're supposed to believe you why? Asked John. I saw Liam approach the screen and reach into what I assume was his mini-fridge. He picked up his plastic cup and drank from it. Are you dumb, Liam? Ben said. Liam swallowed his drink. Calm down, dude. If he was going to kill us, he would have already done it. John sighed and grabbed his drink. I followed suit and grabbed mine. The liquid tasted like NyQuil and had an almost immediate effect on my headache. Are you going to drink your medicine, Ben? The voice said from the ceiling. No thanks. I'm not a dumbass like these three. Your choice. Now that everyone is awake and cognizant, we can finally get down to business. The voice continued. As you probably noticed, the four of you are trapped in your own individual cells. No shit, Ben said. And I assure you it's quite solid, as John and Mark can attest to. Ben looked at me, and I nodded towards him in affirmation. John nodded as well. Just get on with it. I have stuff to do. Liam said calmly before taking another sip from his cup. I agree, Liam. And for being so forward, I'm going to give you the first choice in our little game, the voice said. Game? Are you pulling a saw on us? Are we going to have to examine our past and come to some realization about ourselves in order to survive your game? Ben said sarcastically to the ceiling. Not so complicated. The game itself is simple. Liam is the first to go since he was so kind as to drink the medicine first. He gets to choose which one of you dies first. Bullshit, John said. I refuse to play your stupid game. Then you should be glad you're not the first one to choose. Liam... You have one hour to listen to your former friends, please, and decide who dies. After Liam chooses, then the next person to choose will be chosen it. I'm not going to choose anyone, so if you're going to kill anyone, kill me first. Liam said suddenly. If you're sure, the voice said. A loud sound came from Liam's room, and he looked up. Some type of colored smoke vented in from the ceiling and he almost immediately made a gasping sound. Liam! John shouted. Liam waved his hands in the air and attempted to force air into his lungs by breathing in hard. John screamed at the voice as Ben and I watched Liam choke in short, gasping breaths. Another 30 seconds, and Liam was on the floor, motionless. 30 more after that, and he stopped twitching on the ground. I walked closer up to the TV and looked directly at Liam's motionless form on the ground. I was close enough to tell that he wasn't breathing. Why are you doing this? Ben yelled. What's your point? No point. We're just playing a game here. 
Since Liam made his decision, the next person to choose will be... The intercom coming in through the ceiling brought the sound of something I was familiar with. A die rolling on a table. John, listen to your friend's plea for their lives and make your decision. You have one hour. A sudden click, and the voice went silent. He killed Liam, John said despondently. It can't be one person, John. They took all of us at what? Shut the fuck up, Ben. You're not helping. John barked. Forgive me for actually trying to figure something out on like you two chuckle fucks. Ben responded. Why even try, Ben? We're sealed in a concrete bunker somewhere, and everything we say and do is being recorded. You know there's no way out of this. I said to Ben. Fuck you. Some of us have family to get back to. Ben knew about my parents dying in that car crash back in college, which made it even worse that he would go for such a low blow. We all have families, Ben, John countered. Some of us only have roommates. Ben looked directly at me as he said this. Really, Ben? Are we in the fucking 50s? I yelled. Stop this shit, Ben, or I'll name you right now, John said with the stare I'm surprised didn't melt the concrete walls. Ben stared to the left of me at the screen showing John. He didn't respond. How long have we been friends? John asked. He stared to his left with a melancholy look in his face that I assumed could only be for Liam. Ben isn't my friend, I said. I wasn't asking that. How long have we been friends, Mark? John asked again. I thought about it for a minute and remembered the first time John had ever spoken to me. First day of 8th grade math with Miss Bonesteel. I remember him making some juvenile joke about her name in a whisper behind me, which caused me to snicker and got the both of us a good yell at by the rotund woman. 16 years, although I don't know if we can really call each other friends. John turned his head from the screen holding Liam's body. Just because we haven't talked in a couple of years doesn't mean we aren't still friends. Am I not included in this friendship then? Ben said suddenly. That shit you pulled made sure we were never friends, I said to him. Just telling everyone the truth. Outing me to everyone in junior class? That truth? The one that got me excommunicated from the church. The one that got me kicked off the football team because none of the other players would take a shower while I was there? That truth? I yelled at him. The four of us had been close friends up until that point in time. The only two people who stayed my friend after all that shit happened was John and Liam. If it was who you are, then you shouldn't have been upset by it, Ben said with a smug smile on his face. Seriously. Shut the fuck up, Ben, John said. Make me, he responded with a stone gaze. John looked at him in silence for a minute, before turning his head toward the ceiling. I choose Ben. Ben turned his head toward the ceiling as a clunking sound emanated from it, just before the voice chimed in. 
Congratulations, John. You lasted a whole 20 minutes longer than Liam did. I looked at Ben as the colored gas came out of the ceiling. He moved backwards as it expanded. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry for everything. Don't... Make it stop, John yelled at the ceiling. Tut tut tut, John. You already chose. No takesy-backsies. The voice said in a sing-song voice, as Ben fell to the floor and started convulsing violently. John rushed over and started banging on the door. I didn't mean it. I said it out of anger. Too late to take it back now, John. Should have thought more about your decision. The voice went silent for a second before continuing. Now, Mark, the last choice is yours. You or John? You have one hour. I looked in silence at Ben as his body stopped convulsing and he went still. John banged on the metal door in his cell half-heartedly once or twice more before going to his knees with his face in his hands. I let him sit there as I heard him begin to sob. They subsided a couple of minutes later. Tina's leaving me, he said suddenly. Huh? I looked up from the ruminations I had been having, remembering some of the worst things that had happened in the fallout of Ben's outing of me. The wife? Yeah, he said, still holding his head in his hands. It's been pretty bad for the past year or two. It definitely didn't get any better when we found out the reason we couldn't have a kid was because I was shooting blanks. I thought back to his wedding and the bitchy blonde bombshell that he decided to marry. John was a nice guy, but didn't have the best taste in women. I won that bet. He looked up from his sitting position on the ground at the screen. What bet? Ryan gave you two, three years. I said five. John looked at me through the screen, then started laughing. You did always know me pretty well. I know you're a pushover, I said, smiling as I did. He barked another laugh. That's what she said the last time we argued, actually. I laughed again. The whole situation was ludicrous, and I couldn't help but laugh at its absurdity. You remember when she... John said through his laughter. Caught Liam and her sister smoking that blunt behind that large fountain? I did. And her sister was so startled she fell backward into the fountain? John laughed for another minute, then suddenly went silent. I was confused for a second before I saw that he was looking at Liam. I'm sorry, he said, breaking the silence. I looked away from Liam and at him. For what? For not helping Liam. Dude. I looked directly at him. It's okay. No, it's not. When he needed us the most, I abandoned him. I'm pretty sure I would have cut off contact with him too if he bought smack with the money I gave him for a hotel room. 
I remembered when that happened, like it was yesterday. Liam showed up on Ryan and I's doorstep in the middle of the night high as a kite, mumbling and crying about how he betrayed John's trust. It was only $300. Our friendship was worth more than $300. Or at least I thought it was. John said. He looked down at the floor. Choose me. I looked up. Absolutely fucking not, John. Yes. If anyone gets out of this thing, it should be you. You and Liam were the only ones who actually stood by me through everything. And I abandoned Liam when he needed someone to stand by him. You were the only one who did that. John stared at me through the screen. I can't look at Ryan's face and tell him you aren't coming back. I thought about Ryan. When I had finally gotten out of that town into somewhere a little bit more tolerant, I finally found someone. I thought about my arms around Ryan's chest, about his smile, about the blue eyes that you can just fall into. I don't have anyone to go home to, Mark, John said. I thought about John knocking on my door. I thought about Ryan hearing that I would never be coming home. Time's up, Mark. Make your choice. The voice came on from the ceiling. I sat in silence on the bed. Mark? If you don't make a choice, I'm gonna... John. I, I choose John. A clunk, and John looked up from his cell to see the same colored gas that had taken Liam and Ben from us. It's okay, Mark, he said before he started coughing. The coughing got louder and he fell to the floor, convulsing just like the other two, and stopped moving after another minute. I started crying. I couldn't think of anything else to do. The two best friends I've ever had in my life had just died in front of me. And one of them was my fault directly. I heard a chink and a slit in the metal door that I hadn't seen before opened. I recognized the eyes looking at me through the slit. Liam? I'm really glad it was you who got out of this, Mark, he said. I looked at the screen where Liam's dead body lay on the ground. As I watched, it glitched for a second and suddenly showed an empty cell with an open door. Why, Liam? He smiled. Appreciate your life, Mark. The slit closed. I jumped from the bed and began banging on the door. Before I could start shouting, I heard a loud clunk from the ceiling and heard, not saw, gas coming from the ceiling. A couple of loud gasps, and I blacked out. When I woke up, I was in my own bed with my arm around Ryan. He didn't understand what I was screaming about, but assured me that I had just had a bad dream. He stopped assuring when they found John and Ben's body the next day after I insisted on talking to the cops.
They didn't believe my crazy story, of course, and would have held me in custody if Ryan hadn't assured them that I had been home the previous three nights. They looked for Liam too, but they didn't care that much about finding an ex-junkie who hadn't spoken to either of the victims in three years. The cases never went anywhere. The lack of any type of physical evidence will do that. I've been trying to forget about that night for the past year. However, I got a letter in the mail with no stamp or return address yesterday. The first thing in it was a single piece of lined paper with a single handwritten sentence. We're glad you enjoyed the game of life. If you want to play again, just ask. The second and last thing in the envelope was a thumb drive with a video file on it with the title Game Master Liam and contestants John, Mark, and Ben. I haven't watched the video. I already know it's on it.